Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're going to jump right into... Um... We're actually talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about part eight. And you say, well, that's a lot of, on, the, on the Holy Spirit. He, he's the third member of the Godhead. How I many know you can't, you're not going to exhaust information about God? Say, how long are you going to go, 20 or 30? No, 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 we're not going to do that. Uh, in three weeks, Keith Moore is coming. And uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a definite woo. And... Uh, for those of you who have never heard him, I would really encourage you to be here for that. But let's jump in tonight. Tonight I'm going to cover some ground. I have no embarrassing stories if you're waiting to hear another one. I have no embarrassing stories this, uh, this night. But I do want to cover some, uh, I want to cover some ground tonight. So let's roll. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make, some, make up some time here. Let's pray first. Father, thank you for the opportunity. The opportunity to hear your word. The opportunity to be a part of a church. The opportunity to come together in freedom. What a blessing that is. And so we thank you tonight. We prepare our hearts. We ask you, Father, that you would minister to us, that you would anoint our ears to hear, that you would anoint me to speak clearly and accurately. And Father, may we be different. May we see something that we've never seen before. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Tonight I want to give you a little bit of theology. As we're, going to, we're going to go through, don't, so don't, get, don't get choked up on it. This is good. I want to talk about, there's three baptisms. And uh, I'll give you a scripture for that, three baptisms. And uh, the first baptism is into the baptism of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 13. When you made Jesus your Lord, this is what happened. For, what, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. There's a baptism there that when you made Jesus your Lord, you were baptized into immersed in Christ. We use the phrase in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And so that term in Christ, say, Alan, how does that happen? I don't know. I mean, there's some things we just, that probably way above my pay grade, I don't know, but I believe that when I made Jesus my Lord, when you made Jesus your Lord, that we were baptized, united with Christ, buried with him in baptism, risen with him to a newness of life. When he died, we died. When he was raised, we were raised with him. That's what we get, baptized into Christ. That is one baptism. Second baptism is water baptism. You're familiar with that one? That's pretty one. That's an easy one, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We baptize three, I think three times a year here, and we believe in full immersion. I know some people got sprinkled. That's wonderful. And sprinkled, we believe in the whole dunking. We will put you under. We will not hold you under. We will bring you back up. It is, it is, a, it is a testimony of, and really it is, the best witness of, of what's happened to you. And what you're saying is, I've been baptized into Christ, it's symbolic, and I'm risen with him. Some people think, Alan, I have a, a relative, and they, they made Jesus their Lord, but they were never baptized. Are they saved? The answer is absolutely yes, they are saved. The spiritual birth is a spiritual rebirth. Baptism is something physical that only depicts what's happened in us spiritually. Do you understand that? But it is a very good landmark. And it is a public profession. People think, well, I, I, I walked on an aisle. That's a public profession. Uh, yes and no. 
uh, I think the best public profession is saying is baptism because in baptism you're saying, I am identifying with Christ, I am buried with Him, I am risen with Him to a newness of life. In some cultures, this is actually when they change their names. Many times, if you like in India, you'll find that people, when they become believers, will change their names at baptism. Many times in other cultures that are aggressively um, against the gospel is when their relatives are baptized is when they're disowned. And so the baptism is, is a serious thing, and it's a landmark. How many of you remember when you were baptized? So you don't, you don't forget that. Somebody, I baptized myself. You cannot baptize yourself. That's called taking a bath, which is a wonderful thing for hygiene purposes, but it is not baptism. So there's baptism into the body of Christ, and that is done by the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus. By the Spirit, it says, baptized by one Spirit, we were all baptized. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. Water baptizes what someone does for you. You're a participant in that. But then there's also being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is in Mark. Let me give you that description in Mark. This is John the Baptist. And he preached saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I. How many believe that Jesus was stronger than John the Baptist, mightier than John the Baptist? who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap, he said, I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you, immersed you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is one of those uh, phrases that they quote John in all four gospels. All four gospels are not always telling the same story. And this one, they tell the same story. If you're taking notes and you'd like the notes on that, that's Matthew 3.11, Luke 3.16 and John 1.33. All of them are John the Baptist testifying that this baptism is referenced in all four Gospels. Jesus is doing the baptizing. He said, I baptize you with water. He will baptize you or immerse you with the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was just thinking, wow, to be immersed in the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's a good thing. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to take a long time on, on this subject and talk about the person of the Holy Spirit is because in many ways I think we've sold him short. And by that I mean uh, when we begin to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the only thing people talk about is tongues. And they're like, well, I don't want tongues or I like tongues. Or No, listen, we're talking about being immersed in the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'm going to show you that's a life changer. That's an absolute life changer. Jesus, when he was giving instructions to his disciples, he's, getting, he's already raised from the dead. He's getting ready to go back. And in Luke and in the book of Acts, he gives them instructions. And look at what his instructions are. The book of Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. Notice that word, commanded them. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized, that word baptized, immersed with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they ask him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but catch this next one, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Leave that up there just for a moment. 
You notice that, that, that before they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they're still talking about a natural kingdom. A natural kingdom. They're still saying, Lord, you know, are you going to restore Israel to power again? Are you going to kick the Romans out? Are, you, are we going to be number one? He's like, don't get caught up in that, guys. He says, oh, is it? okay, if everyone's got Amber Alerts, just let me know what it is, and then we'll, <laughs> is this a missing person or this? Child abduction. Okay, time out. Father, wherever this child is, bring them home. In Jesus' name, amen. So, let's go on. Um, he said, they got caught up in that. But he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit for over 40 years. And I've enjoyed doing this series this year because it's made me realize that we don't talk enough about the fact that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, I don't know about you, but I like power. I like power in my vehicles. I do not like underpowered vehicles. <laughs> when, I, when I came to Houston for the very first time, I had bought a Reliant K car. Remember that bag of goods? Remember that bag of goods Leia sold the entire nation? The American way to beat the pump. It was the American piece of junk is what it was. It was a horrible car, looked horrible, ran horrible, had 110 horsepower. I had to cut the, I had to cut the air conditioner off to get on the highway. Sweat and put my foot in it. And it's just, you just felt like the little squirrels in there running about it as fast as they could. Hated that car, but I got killed by that with that car. So when I got a when I got a, a six-cylinder car, I thought I was one happy camper. And I, I every time when Wilma's helping me now and I have to travel, I went up to Salina. I said, whatever you do, I said, just don't put me in a four-cylinder car. I said, I cannot stand underpowered cars. I almost get killed with underpowered cars because I think I can make it. And you pull out and it just goes. Mm -hmm. So, so th this time we were up there visiting John and Lindsay Houston. And this time they, uh, they put us in a Mustang GT. Yeah, that's what we said. Joe and I said, man, we feel like the middle-aged couple trying to be young here. <laughs> Put us in a black Mustang GT. We started that thing up. He's like, Poof. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I like power. <laughs> I, I like power. I don't think anyone says, I, I would like the most underpowered car I can find. Unless you're overly concerned about gas, but this is Texas and we're not. So... <laughs> But the thing is, I don't think we've talked and realized enough that, that the Holy Spirit is not just tongues, but the Holy Spirit is immersed in the Spirit of God and its power. Now, if there's anyone that Jesus could have exempted from, from being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it would have been the guys who followed him closely because they knew him. They'd been with him three and a half years. He, he could have looked at them and said, now you 11, you're, you're okay. The rest of you, y'all need power. But you 11, y'all, you've been with me. He said, no. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Don't leave. So Jesus commanded them. You would think, well, after Jesus is raised from the dead, he wanted them out there telling everybody. They weren't out there telling everybody. They were, they were waiting. And he told them to wait. He said, till you receive power to be a witness. And I think it's a fascinating thing that that was his last instructions. So, when did the power show up? Let's talk a little bit about Pentecost. Pentecost is not a hairstyle. <laughs> it, 
Anybody, anybody, grow, anybody grow up Pentecostal? You know what I'm talking about? Pentecostal. I mean, if you, if you grow up Pentecostal, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I, I never encountered Pentecostals before, but when people think Pentecost, they think of ladies that have the long hair and, and they always wear the long dresses, right? And um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very legalistic thing. You say, do you all do that here? No. No, no, no. We believe in makeup. It's a good thing. You know, it very legally can't can't wear jewelry, can't, and and you don't see as much of that anymore. But sometimes when you say Pentecost, people think of well, that's what Pentecost is, and and actually that's not what Pentecost is. Pentecost was a Jewish feast. The Jews had three major feasts that they would celebrate every year. Uh, the first one was Passover. The Passover feast was when they were celebrating the death angel passing over the homes that had the blood on the doorpost and on the, on the side, that was the Passover. The death angel passed over. Wherever he saw the blood, he passed over, and no death hit that family. And judgment came on Egypt, but judgment passed over the Jewish people, and the next day they were free and they got out. That was right before they were delivered out of bondage and came out of Egypt. And they celebrate the Passover. That's a big feast. In fact, they still celebrate Passover. Passover is a type of when Jesus, the blood of Jesus is what causes judgment to pass over us because the blood is there and we no longer are judged. He took our judgment, he took our punishment, and we get to stand before God with right standing. Yea, he, the Bible said Jesus is our Passover. Fifty days after Passover is the Pentecost. And Pentecost was a Jewish feast, a major Jewish feast. And it celebrated the, uh, Moses going up to Mount Sinai and receiving the law. And so it was 50 days after, always 50 days. And so Pentecost was a feast. This is why you see in, in this word we're about to read, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. So here's the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost, this is the, that 50th day, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the, the day, full day of Pentecost. They kind of have all kinds of celebrations and stuff going up until then, but that's the full day. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. There were about 120 of them. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each, it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So let's talk a little bit about that. The followers were in the uh, initial outpouring, were not just 11. There were actually 120 in that upper room. And they were praying, and they said the, the, the tongues came and sat upon each of them. Now this is important. It sat upon each of them, indicating that not just the 11, not just the, the disciples who were the closest ones to Jesus, but everybody else. So there's 120. There were other disciples the whole time. And so all these other disciples there, and it said the women. Now you women ought to go Ooh, at this because, <laughs> because this meant that is no longer a male-dominated society where you couldn't have the Spirit of God, but the men could have the Spirit of God. Oh, no, no. It sat upon the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, and so were his brothers. 
and it sat upon each of them. And so the good news is it was for everybody. Aren't you glad that when that initial sound came, and, it, and listen, this was loud. It said it, the, whole, the whole city came together. So it's like a tornado landing. And it's a sound of a, a rushing mighty wind. And it was drawing people, which is interesting because there were so many devout Jewish people from all over the world there that day. And so now they're drawn. They hear that sound and they're drawn to that. And they start, they start coming in. And it, all these people are included, 120. The followers then came out of the upper room into the streets. Now, this is when it got interesting. Now, I'm going I'm to just kind of give you a quick synopsis of that. They came out of the room into the streets, and they were speaking in a language they did not learn. And as they spoke, people came all around there, and there were two miracles that took place. One, they were speaking in a language they had not learned, and two, the, everyone there heard them in their own language. So you had people who were Egyptian, and they heard them speaking Egyptian. You heard people who were speaking Cretan. You heard people who were speaking Roman Latin. They heard them speaking. That's two amazing miracles. And the Bible said they were speaking the wonderful works of God. Man, what a good thing. And so here, here they are. No, this is fun. I, I always get a kick out of this. Some of them were looking, some of these Jews were looking at one another going, man, what is going on? Others said mocked and went, these people are drunk. <laughs> when do you get drunk and learn a new language? I, you know, I don't. I know you say stupid things when you're drunk, but this, this, I'm like, why in the world would they think they're drunk? But man, they poured out into the streets, and as they came out, they began to do that. And so here's what became interesting. Then Peter preaches a message, and he connected what was happening with the words of the prophets. Well, again, I'm, I'm just kind of giving you the cliff notes of this, but Acts 2, 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out of my spirit, catch this, on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and speak inspired utterance. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Now here's what's interesting is that Peter is the one doing the preaching. So you don't see Peter quoting much scripture until this point. And so now he is in there and he's beginning to put connections together with the Old Testament prophets. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he's going back and finding what the prophet Joel said. And he's saying this and he is giving scripture. You say, well, why is he giving scripture? Because everyone listening to him was Jewish and knew scripture. They had a, they had a context for that. He began to talk scripture. They knew exactly what he was talking about. So he is preaching this message and he also preached to Jesus. He began to go into this, Acts 2, 30, 32 and 33. This Jesus God has raised up of which we all are witnesses. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Spirit, he poured out this which you now see in here. I keep emphasizing that poured out because this baptism of the Holy Spirit is talking about an immersion, but it's also talking about God pouring out, pouring upon. And that's important because people often say, well, Alan, I have the Holy Spirit in me. If you've been born again, you're exactly right. You do. And there's a difference though between being born of the Spirit and having the Spirit in you and being immersed in the Spirit. And so it's a different experience. 
And as he goes into this, he begins to talk about what's poured out, but he lifts up Jesus. Now, he lifts up Jesus and the Holy Spirit does his work. Remember we talked a few weeks ago about the Holy Spirit will convict or convince the world of sin. So here's Peter standing up and preaching and now these guys respond to this message. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Peter got bold. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. This is amazing that Peter is giving all of these instructions. And they finally, they got to the place he preached Jesus and the Holy Spirit convicted hearts and they went, what do we do? And he said, repent, you need to turn. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now he's talking about a water baptism, but he's talking about someone acknowledging and, and receiving Jesus as Lord. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's another experience. When someone comes to Christ, we, when we come down, we, we don't tell them, okay, you need to come receive the Holy Spirit. We tell them, you need to come receive Jesus. You've got a friend who calls you one night and says, man, I know I, I need the Lord. You don't talk to him about the Holy Spirit. You talk to him about Jesus because there's only one name given under heaven by which men must be saved, and that's Jesus, and that's the most important thing. And so what we find is then there is another experience, and this is what Jesus told his disciples to wait for, and then he told them this is something for you. He said, I need you to do this. He said, because you, you need power. And boy, I thought if they need power, we need power. But think about the things that changed. For And by the way, Peter preached and 3,000 people came to Christ. Now, I, I, I preached for a while. That was a message. That was an anointed message. And you talk about, listen, no man can do that. No man is that persuasive. That was, the, that was the Spirit of God anointing His words and convicting hearts. And 3,000 devout Jewish people went, what do we do? We want this Jesus. And 3,000 got saved. Now here's something that's interesting about when these guys got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everything changed. Everything changed. You remember Peter before he was filled with the Spirit? He's standing there in the courtyard where Jesus is being tried. And a little servant girl said, weren't you one of them? He went, mm-mm, not me. She said, no, you were. He said, your speech gives you away. He said, no, it wasn't me. And three times, a servant girl stood him down. Three times. And now you've got Peter standing out in the street saying, by the way, you the ones that crucified him. Peter went, Peter went from being scared to being bold. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Ability. What's interesting is you've never seen Peter put more than two scriptures together in his entire life. But now they have an understanding of scriptures. Remember they had a hard time understanding scriptures? Jesus had to 
open the scriptures for them and teach them the scriptures about himself. And after he was raised from the dead and he would go through scripture after scripture showing them, all of a sudden these guys get filled with the Spirit and they have an understanding of scripture. And Peter stands up and puts the prophet Joel and puts it all together inside of a message. You don't do that on your own. Something happened in his life. His life got changed. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. These guys, after Jesus was crucified, remember they were hiding in that room, afraid of the Jewish people. Remember Jesus had to come through the door, stand in the middle of them, go peace, which is good if you come through a wall, and um, <laughs> peace. But they were scared. They, were, they, they wouldn't go anywhere. And now these guys are spilling out into the streets and if they begin to follow their life, they're no longer trying to build an earthly kingdom. Now they were proclaiming Jesus. And they're proclaiming Jesus and people got upset with them. In fact, they beat them and they put them in prison and they killed some of them. And you know what they kept doing? They just kept on preaching and kept on proclaiming the gospel. And when they got so persecuted that they scattered all over the place, they kept on proclaiming the gospel because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We haven't talked enough about the power. We keep getting hung up in the tongues and we haven't forgotten that we need power to live this life. We need power to be a witness. We need power to deal with the junk that we have to deal with. And God has given us the power and said, just receive the power. You're like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be a snake handler. I don't want to wear weird clothes. You don't have to be weird. The Holy Spirit will not make you weird. He will make you stronger than you are right now and make you powerful. So I know too many weird, spirit-filled Christians. They were weird before they were spirit-filled. Don't blame that on the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. And then it goes, continues. The... Uh, Pentecost. Somebody said, well, Pentecost was a, was a one-time deal. It was a one-off. It was not a one-off. There was persecution that arose. And uh, Paul, this is when Paul was persecuting the church. And uh, they spread. So Philip, who was, just, was not one of the 11, you say, why do you keep saying the 11? Because remember, Judas is dead. And they, they brought a guy in named Matthias. But you never hear about him. But we'll just go ahead and call him the 11. But here's Philip, who wasn't one of the 11. He said, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But when they believed Philip as he preached things concerning the kingdom of God... In the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon, Simon was the sorcerer, himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Philip goes down to Samaria. Samaria. Remember the Samaritans were really, they were half Jewish and, and they were a mix. Big, big discrepancy between the Jewish people and Samaritans. They hated one another, very, they very prejudiced against one another. Philip goes down and starts preaching Jesus to them, and they start listening. So he's preaching Christ. They're receiving Christ. Miracles are taking place. Men and women are being baptized. Now, as I read this, he said, they listened to the things pertaining to Christ, and both men and women were baptized. 
if, if we got word that, that one of our missionaries went down into Colombia and preached Jesus and man, multitudes in this city came out and, get, and got baptized, would we think that those people got saved? Yes. They received, he preached Jesus, they received the word, and they were baptized. Sounds to me like salvation just hit. And the Samaritans, everybody was excited. And so the word got back. Someone sent a text back to the, um, to the apostles. Let's look at, let's look at, look at Acts 8. Y'all have listened really good tonight. I'm actually, I'm actually going to get through this, I think. Uh, Acts 8. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they're saved, right? Amen. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> they received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What? I thought they got the Holy Spirit when they were saved. They did. But not the whole thing. There's a different dimension of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show this. I'm going to have to do this. And we're going to go into it next week. And by the way, next couple of weeks, we're going to be praying. If you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, you can do this. This is water. <laughs> Trust me, it's water, all right? My vodka days are over, long over. This is water. I can take this water. Now I have water in me, right? Y'all are sharp. Yeah, y'all are good. <laughs> I also can take this water and pour it on my hand. And now I have water on me. When you got saved... You got the Holy Spirit in you. When you get baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Spirit on you. There's a difference. Stay with me. Okay. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Man, they had a revival. So then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. How many of you have come to this church for a while? How many of you ever seen me lay hands on someone to get saved? Someone said, Pastor, my friend needs to get saved. I said, well, come on down here. Let me, let me hands on You don't lay hands on people to get saved. You might pray with them. Say, catch my hand. And pray with me. Yep. I mean, the yes prayer we pray in here every, every Sunday, every Wednesday. I never say, reach out and lay hands on your brother or sister right next to you. So they can get saved. I say, if you would like to acknowledge that with an uplifted hand, they're going to pray this prayer together. Because what the heart one believes and what the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right? That's why we do that prayer. I say, why do you all do that prayer every week? Because every week, people who don't know the Lord get to know the Lord, and people who are away from him come back. So I think it's worth it. It's a good investment. It's worth our time. And so, but we don't lay hands on anybody to get saved. Never, I've never done it. Been in ministry over 40 years. I've never done it. But it's saying, 
Here he is. For as yet he'd fallen upon none of them. They didn't only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now catch this next part. And when Simon, he was a sorcerer. He was, he was basically a witch doctor. We would call him like a witch doctor. He, like a, a psychic person that makes money. He did. He's making money. And, and you know, he bamboozled all these people. He's making money. He said, when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Hmm. Something must have happened. He offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Simon had gotten saved. So now he's going to have to give up his lying, cheating, bamboozling, sorcery ways. So he's thinking, how am I going to make any money? I can't rip people off anymore. Ooh, maybe I could lay hands on people too and they could receive the Holy Spirit. That sounds like a money-making deal. Come see Simon. Guaranteed results. Hands laid on, you make, or your money back. Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the what? Gift of God could be purchased with money. He's the gift of God. And so it didn't work that way, but here's, here's what was interesting. Something happened when Peter and John laid hands on them and the gift of God cannot be bought. Next week, we'll talk about what happened. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, thank you for your gift. Thank you, you have not left us orphans. Thank you, you have not left us powerless. Thank you that you immerse us in your spirit of power and of love and of a sound, disciplined, clear-thinking mind. What a blessing that is. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit within and upon. We give you all the praise for that. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening or you're watching online and you think, you know, I don't know that I've ever received Jesus as my Savior. Or sitting right where you are online or sitting right here in, in, in this auditorium in your chair, this is such a simple thing. It's believing with the heart and confessing with the mouth. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's, but I'm going to ask you one thing. If that's you and you're here, and you say, Alan, would you pray for me? I, I want to make sure I, I know the Lord or I've been away from him and I know in my heart I need to come back. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up real quick just across this auditorium? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Yeah, all over. Thank you. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can join in with this prayer right here. We're going to pray it out loud with you as a church family. If you're watching online, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it. Pray it quietly, but pray this out loud. We're going to pray as a church. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord is my Savior, is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've been... What's the rest of it? 
Yeah, I lost my train of thought. I just thought all those people that just prayed that prayer just got baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing. Because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for those who have, who have received you for the very first time and for those who've come back. What a privilege, what an eternal honor to be part of the body of Christ. Thank you for the work that you do in us by your Spirit. And we thank you for the work that you'll continue to do through us by your Spirit. We give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.